Go to everydaynovelist.com slash support to join the madness. <laughs> Welcome to the Everyday Novelist. My name is J. Daniel Sawyer, author of nearly 30 books, more than 30 short stories, and numerous articles and scripts and essays, coming to you from up in the crow's nest with my spyglass on this daily voyage through the dicey waters of business, craft, learning, and art in the writing life. Welcome to The Questions, episode 1032. Today we hear from Nicole, who asks, Curses, Dan Sawyer. Why do you keep distracting me from my young adult novel? It's my job. I think I might have an idea for the swords in space. I'll see if I can pull it off. Oh, right. And we need to make up promos for those other anthologies, too. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start reading those stories that I've gotten so far tomorrow. Hope you both are well. How goes work on the ranch? Oh boy! Well, it was uh, it was quite the uh, ordeal. <laughs> we, I was expecting it to take about two weeks of solid work and me basically alone up here, while Kitty was at our alternate location where there was power and internet, working on her remote job. But it took five, and the reason it took five was because we had the wettest spring in a long time, and it went all the way into summer. It was only a couple of days ago that it stopped raining. We were expecting that we were expecting to have some rain, like a little bit here and there, some drizzling. It, 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 there, there were entire weeks where we had flood warnings every other day. Yep, and it was, I mean, it wasn't constant rain all day, every day, except for two days. But it was one of those where it was like two hours of rain and then you get a three hour gap and then two hours of rain. So um, some of the work I could do in the rain and I did, but once I got to a certain point, I couldn't because, you know, there's electricity involved and you don't want to become a lightning rod or anything. And there were also thunderstorms. But uh, over the course of the five weeks, I managed to dig a level pad for the RV which is what we're living in until we build the house, which will take a couple of years. And I dug, uh, I, I put the shop together well enough that it could be a nerve center. And we made several salvage runs to get lots of good material that we can use for other stuff, and in fact have. Um, I got all the materials to put together the power shack, which is a little 64 square foot shed that contains all the batteries and the solar uh Uh, all the electronics that it takes to make a solar system run. And also we keep our hand tools in it and other stuff like that. I built the shack. I roofed it with uh, salvaged materials. Woohoo! Sided it, got the power system up finally just a couple of days ago. And so Kitty is now here full time instead of just popping around on the weekends to see how I'm doing. Which is good because while she was gone she had the dog with her And we had a bear attack one night. I had to call some friends in town because the bear had me trapped in the RV. And I couldn't see it well enough to get the bear spray or the gun on it. So I was just sitting inside waiting for it to come through the door while my friend drove up the hill in a faster than he should have on this little dirt road and came in and his car driving up scared the bear off. But, uh, yeah, that thing was... uh, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks. It didn't even come around. We knew it was here, you know, the, the na- he's the neighborhood bear. Weeks and weeks and weeks didn't come around. And then we had four days of solid rain, and so I couldn't burn the paper plates that I was 
making my food on because we hadn't set the water system up yet. And as soon as the rain stopped one night, he sniffed out those paper plates and he came and he tore into the bag and he prowled around the camp and knocked stuff over and snuffled and growled. He was obviously like, I know there's food around here somewhere and I'm going to find it. But fortunately, black bears are cowards and the moment that the car pulled up, he's like, ah, nope, not worth it, running away. But now he knows we're here. And so he still comes around every once in a while. Uh, you heard a couple episodes ago that we had to go take care of the fact that he was stalking around, and that's been uh, that's been a constant, pretty much. Uh, you know, at, at this certain time of day, I think we're on his patrol route now. So thankfully, the dog is up here full time, and we don't have to worry near so much about it because she lets us know if anyone comes within a quarter mile. Which is nice, because that's about how far away our nearest neighbor is. And uh, <laughs> So if anyone's coming, visitor, friend, foe, deer, chipmunk, or bear, she goes, whoo, apeshit, and lets us know. Yeah, I'm, and, I'm starting to be able to tell the difference between I have a chipmunk trapped underneath your car and there's a bear in the woods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's different barks, and there's different barks for someone's coming, and I know the know the sound of that engine, and someone's coming, and it's a stranger. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Kitty uh, said so we've got a portable gazebo up. Kitty's got to start on her garden. Uh, talk, you've been coming every week and helping me out a bit. Talk a little bit about what you've seen and your experience and all that sort of stuff. It, it's it's actually been a lot of fun getting out here to do physical work, especially after this winter. This this winter um, has been, was so cold. And so long, and uncharacteristically so long. long. And, and we were like trapped inside, more or less. And, and there was like a month where we were literally trapped in one house because... In a one-room house. <laughs> Because there was no. Um, oh, plow- when we got yeah, when we got snowed in. We got right. snowed in, and there was no plow service. Yeah, so it's four feet of snow on the roads. There was no way to get out. Yeah, and there was no plow in the neighborhood that we could call to come in. We had to wait for a neighbor to get back who had a bucket tractor. Yeah, and uh, so we didn't even get out. And to about, the mailbox. <laughs> yeah, and we didn't get out and about in the woods nearby because the the snow was so thick mm-hmm. um we had cougars up there yep he's stalking us when we were out on the porch at night so going out in the in the dark was almost impossible um but uh after after that winter of of and we also Not, had a wolf pack come through. Oh yes, we had a, we have a wolf pack. So there's this thing about wolves in this area. Most of the time, wolves in the United States are are basically gray timber wolves, and they're the size of a really big dog. Mm-hmm. The wolves around here are Canadian timber wolves, and they're literally the size of a dire wolf. Or the the males, snout to tail, are the same length and weight of a full-grown female black bear. These things are monsters, and they hunt in packs. (laughs) Fortunately, at our location, the wolf pack has not been spotted in this part of the mountains in 10 or 15 years, but at at the place where we overwintered, which is about 50 miles from here, 
they were around. And there was a coyote pack, too, and you could hear the difference. We'd hear the coyotes all night, every night, and then one night we're out walking, and we heard a wolf, and all the coyotes went silent, and the hairs on the back of our necks just stood up. There's something in the frequency of a wolf. Before you even identify, oh, that must be a wolf, there's something primal deep in the DNA that says, this is bad. (laughs) So... Um, oh, it's, putting up the power shack was a lot of fun because it turns out that up here we're on bedrock. So I, <laughs> and we didn't have any power and I couldn't afford to rent a gas-powered jackhammer. So I actually had to chip by hand my way down through two and a half feet of bedrock to embed these stupid posts. Um, on the other hand, I didn't have to pour a foundation. <laughs> right. I, I'm looking but forward that took, to... that took about a week. I'm looking forward to finally getting the garden started. Um, I've done a little bit of bushwhacking, and I have to do a bit more. Um, I've had my spring plant starts, my indoor plant starts, all fail this year, mostly because the location that I had the indoor starts was far too humid, and they kept getting um, they kept getting mildew damage. One of the things I've been doing every time I'm here is scouting and cataloging the plants. and I'm having a, a great old time photographing every flower and bush and moss and mushroom that I find. Trying to catalog what's uh, useful for food, useful for medicinal, and what's just plain interesting. And there's a lot of that. Uh, this is an environment that is very, very new to me. Um, I haven't lived in this region before, and pretty much everything is completely different. I've never seen that before. I've never seen that before. What's that? I don't know. You also went down into the uh, marsh area and planted a bunch of raspberry starts. Yes. I I got a box of uh, raspberry starts that someone that a friend of ours in in town um, didn't need. And so I got them for free, and I thought, oh, cool. Maybe I got a dozen raspberry bushes here. And no, it it ended up being like three dozen. There were a lot more than I thought there were, and I planted them all over the place. Well, I got up here, I discovered I was inadequately tooled, and so I had to improvise quite a lot. Like, my chisels are buried somewhere deep in the storage unit that I couldn't find, so I had to do all my joinery using a handsaw and a couple of hatchets. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the end of the first project, I got that done pretty well, and then when I built my workbenches for the shop, the joinery is now tight enough that the screws that I'm using are notional, so I'm almost good enough to start using wooden pegs instead, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, yeah, it's been quite the adventure, and uh, I'll start uh, in the near future here. I'll be blogging with pictures some of the build, and we'll link to you here. Um, one of the next big projects is setting up the sawmill, which arrived a couple days ago, because mm-hmm. we've got, and then tending to the forest, because we've got a forest that hasn't been maintained in 50 years. And unfortunately, this environment was designed as a managed ecosystem by the Native Americans in the area. And if it is not managed, it becomes a tinderbox. And the fire danger here is un. 
unbearably high. If a wildfire gets near us, we are toast. So um, over the next two years, I'm going to be uh, following the U.S. Forest Service guidelines for maintaining this kind of biome and uh, getting it a lot safer around here. But that means that we're going to have a lot of lumber, or a lot of trees that need to be milled up into lumber, because we don't want to leave that fuel sitting around on the forest floor. So um, we're, uh, we're going to be building some little log cabins as sheds and uh, learning timber framing and other stuff mm -hmm. like that. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, yeah, that's about where we're at. And as you can hear, we're back on the air because we're together all the time now. We've got time to do this again, so keep your questions coming in. And uh, we're at that time of the year when listenership drops off. So if you know any friends that you think would like this podcast, please tell them. Blog about the podcast. Mention it on your social media. Leave a review on iTunes. I don't know if Spotify does review, but anywhere that does podcast reviews that you frequent, leave a review. It will really, really help. And, um, yeah, lots of fun stuff. We're, we spent the whole evening today uh, planning out the next year of this show, and we've got some fun stuff in store. Yep. Meanwhile, the dog is going nuts again, so we, the bear might be back, so we better go deal with that again. But, uh, yeah, we'll see all of you tomorrow. We hope. We hope, yeah, as long as we're not eaten by the bear. <laughs> the Everyday Novelist is written by J. Daniel Sawyer and presented by J. Daniel Sawyer and Kitty Nakian and is produced by Artistic Whispers Productions, Incorporated. The text is copyright 2021 J. Daniel Sawyer and the production is copyright 2021 Artistic Whispers Productions, Incorporated. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License and all other rights are reserved to their respective owners. Join the conversation. Submit a question, leave a comment, or a creative death threat. Or find me at jdsawyeronminds.com or hit me at feedback at jdsawyer.net. We can't do it without you. Dateline. The future. Humankind stretches out to the stars. Maybe they go on generation ships. Maybe they live on space stations. Maybe terraforming bases dominate the worlds of tomorrow. In these hostile places, only two things seem certain. With people come conflicts. And in manufactured environments, the wrong kind of conflict will damage your air supply. So forget regular guns, needle lasers, ray guns, and anything else that can screw up your habitat. I want stories where the violence and conflict depend on ingeniously adapting ancient weapons to future environments, where this technological shift solves old social problems and creates new ones, and where cultures and religions arise around those weapons and provide them contexts, both accepted and outlaw, within their societies. Give me swashbucklers, knife fighters, booby trappers, baton wielders, pirates, mafiosos, Robin Hoods, cops, priests, robbers, fugitives, and assassins. Give me swords in space. This is a paying market. Submit your story to editor at everydaynovelist.com. Be sure to use the phrase swords in space in the subject line. 8,000 words maximum, 2,000 words minimum. See you on the slush pile.